Shut up, punks! Josh Alvarez. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 86 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks. So uh, this is a very special episode in that um, we had previously had a topic that we we're going to talk about, but then... Sure. So it's a full moon tonight. I don't know if that's a thing that affects anything. Is but it a full moon? I have no idea. I don't actually know if it's a full moon, but I imagine it is because you seem to be having a bad streak. I mean, whenever you're listening to this, yeah. this it might be a full moon. It's definitely a distinct possibility. Um uh, let's just say um, we've w- been one of the planets is in retrograde. Let's right. Put it that way. Yeah. It rhymes with metrograde. Bars. What? Bars is in oh, retrograde. Is that I true? don't know. No, I have no idea. I don't know anything about um, Venus. Yeah. I, I have no idea about s- planets. But um, yeah, we've been trying to record for a couple for a little bit, but through illness or whatever, we just haven't been able to get it together until tonight. And uh, even tonight is a little bit of a hobbled uh, adventure. In that we've had a plan and the plan fell through, which is fine. But uh, so look, here's the deal, y'all. Here's the deal. Give us the deal, Liam. This is the thing. We don't really get to hang out unless we're recording. That's just the truth of the that's, matter. That's the goddamn of it, isn't it? You've got you've got bands and various things going on. And I do. I've got uh, a baby and a thankless job. <laughs> and um, to be fair, I have a thankless job too. So you know. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Thank you for doing your job. Yeah, no, you know what, Liam? Thank you for doing your job. Don't lie. No, <laughs> I'm happy. Yours is actually good. <laughs> Yours is good too. So say it's a bunch of t-shirts in my closet currently. Just saying. I had nothing to do with that. I know. I um. Know. Hey. So. Uh, what, what, wait. Which episode is this again? Eighty-six. Hey, welcome to eighty-six. Welcome hey. to eighty-six. Welcome to eighty-six. Yeah. You know. Uh. We we really were determined that in September we get you dose episodes. Yeah. And here we are, here making we are. good on that promise. Well, we'll see what this goes <laughs> up. Uh, I want to say a big uh, thank you to uh, our new helper uh, editor, guy around town, uh, Jacob Roberts. Uh, he, I think he's going to be editing this episode. This will be his first one. Nice. So Thank you, Jacob. I'm just going to say, if it sounds bad, that's Jacob's fault. Totally Jacob's fault. Yeah, Don't fuck it up. Why did you fuck it up, Jacob? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, also, big up to Eric Hall. Uh, you may know him on Instagram. as Platypus Jones. Uh, he's joined the team as well. I don't know what he's. I don't know. I haven't given him. I don't know what he's going to do. Man, we are so growing, man. Well, what we're trying to do right now. Let me let you in on this, listener. Yeah. We're trying to grow the back end a little bit, which seems a little premature uh, because, um, you know, our ass is already so fat. No, I mean. <laughs> hi ow, no, I don't get it. Uh, basically, uh, we would love to have more podcasts and more writers and all those things that y'all interact with. Mm. We would love more of that. But I think what we've realized is with some folks 
on the back end having to pull back, not to be able to do as much editing. Um, right now, no one is in charge of the Patreon. <laughs> no one really does. Uh, there's no one person in charge of social media right. or figuring out marketing or a bunch of other things we're trying to do right now um, that we realize we need some more people behind the scenes. Not a ton more. Just a few more. Uh, but just a couple more to sort of help out with that. Uh, and we're hoping that with that behind the scenes support, then we can invite more people to get on. Uh, you know, a lot of the people who do podcasts for us, this is their first, just like us. Yeah, know? this is our first if, show. If you go back and listen to the demo episodes. <laughs> episodes one through five. We didn't know what we were doing. And we had no idea what we were doing. Arguably, we still don't. So uh, <laughs> speaking of speaking of new things, have you, oh, you already told me this, so I won't ask you. Hey, listener, have you checked out uh, Wine and Cheese? <laughs> have you checked out the new show on Cinepunks? Wh- Wine and Cheese. Wine and Cheese. I just have to shout out. I have to shout out. Uh, Joey Breeding and Mike Paul Shock. Our homies. Side note, that's his real ass last name. Yeah. Actually, let's just say Joey Breeding and Mike Paul Shock sound like um, They sound like a seventies cop buddy show. They sound like you're writing your first novella <laughs> and no one talks to you about believable names. Do you know how I met Mike? How did you meet Mike? Uh, I met him through Steve Dyer. Okay. A uh, friend of the podcast. Oh, yeah, they're buddies. And, yeah, I, they're saw buddies. Them at, I saw them at the Philly Unnamed Film Festival. Ah, there you go. We can talk about that in a little we'll bit. talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they were photographer buds or whatever. And, sure. Uh, so Steve introduced me. And then I ran into him at the Philly Flotation, uh, or Halcyon Floats, and when Milani got a, a Groupon for oh. two uh, sensory deprivation floats at Halcyon. Does he work there? No. He, was go- he had just finished his float. Oh, and uh, I was like, hey, man, you're Steve's friend. And he's like, yeah. And <laughs> it was like, you're going to float? I'm like, yeah, I'm totally going to float. And then I floated for 90 minutes. And that's how me and Mike Paul Did you tell? I don't think you told me about the float. Oh, yeah, man. It was real, baby. What, 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 real dark. Did you, did you descend into your pre-fetal existence or something? I was just trying not to drown. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it was fine. I don't know. I didn't see anything. I, I, I didn't. I didn't reach any type of nirvana or deeper inner peace. I just floated. Here's the thing. Uh, my good, my entire knowledge base of floating is either Joseph Trevesi yeah. telling us about it. He's a big fan of it. That's not a good that's not a good source of information. <laughs> or uh, the Ken Russell classic Altered States. So it's exactly like both of those things. At that which point did you. you start to turn into a monkey beast? Um arguably before I even got there. Oh, okay. But it's cool though. I'm okay with it. You know, little little know. hair on the back. It's fine. Look, look, look. Whatever, look, d- whatever. Don't yuck my yum, whatever, Liam. Hey, this no, is just this how. This is what I'm telling you. Whatever weird fluids you want to <laughs> lay in, I got your back. Not support, the first time is all I'm saying. But it is the first you. time that I, I I saw Mike Paul Shock aside from Steve, and then he plays in a band called Sun God. Did you know that? No, I. And um, you know, he gives me musician vibes. Yeah, I wasn't sure. It's the what hair. His, it's his g- gorgeous hair, isn't he's it? He's very. He looks like a rocker. He does. He looks like a real ass rocker. A real rocker for sure. But uh, yeah, I had the pleasure to play with uh, Sun God, his band, and uh, our what friends. Do they, what do they sound like? They're like a indie rockish rock and roll kind of band. It's a four piece, I believe, four or five maybe. And the uh, name sounds like some real hippie shit. Can I put that out there? Uh, they did have a video with flowers in it. I'm gonna say it. Fucking. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of you, Mike. But uh, we played with them and uh, our friends from North Carolina, Hard Worker, at Ortlieb's a couple months ago, and it was really fun. So hopefully we can do that again. I'm that hoping sounds anyway. good. Yeah. So, but Mike is awesome, and Joey I met because of Evan. Oh yeah, fellow Cinepunk yep. Evan. They live. They live together. They uh, they have a new. Let me tell you guys. I don't know when this episode is coming out. 
<laughs> Hopefully before the end of September. Before the end of September, Jacob, get on the shit. God damn it. <laughs> uh, but I got to say, whenever it is, hopefully the orders are still up for the Joey slash Evan collabo shirt. That pick your king. They're making that. Oh, yeah. That's a real ass thing. That shit is They're awesome. They're going to pre-sale the shit out of that shit. Oh, man. Yeah. Dope. Good work. I'm, I want five. I want uh, five, but melded into one. I so want it. Like a, I want it. I want a. Uh, I want a mumu. I want it on a white hoodie. Oh, that is hard. That's not. I don't. We don't have any extra. That's There's, okay. That's the, okay. Working at a, people when I'm working at a screen printer, people are always just like, "Yo, just do you have any like extra of this?" I'm like, "No, man. <laughs> like we just have like fifty just hoods, just saying we're just, just like hanging out. What are those for? Nothing. Nothing. We just, just keep them here, just in case you wanted." Your own. It's weird. You wanted a bright pink, <laughs> double insulated, independent hoodie. Funny we just happen to have mention. one in Triple X. That's Here crazy. It is. Here it is. Uh, no, 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 no. I. It's a cool design, though. Uh, so if those orders are still up, you, you can go to, uh, I guess, Joey Breeding. What the fuck is his? Wooder World? I guess. Wooder World is his Instagram, or Evans is Occult Obsession. Yes. Those are good Instagrams anyway. You should just yeah, follow them. You should just but, follow them anyway because they're very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, that's where I think they'll be doing the sales from. Right. So you should, cool. get, you should get one of those shirts. It's cool. Where are they printing it? Uh, Where are they printing it? I'm trying to remember. So this episode is brought to you by our good <laughs> friends. Actually, we'll say this first. This episode is brought to you first and foremost by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you, Patreon subscribers. Uh, we we really are going to get you some content. I think I'm I'm going to pick a, a one of these weekends in October. We're going to have a bunch of people at my house, so Josh won't be there. I'll be there. And uh, well, it, it depends. What, what, you're doing. What, we'll, what we'll probably do is I'll just set up, and I'll be like, here is a, a four hour window, and we'll see how many things we can record in that four hour window. Oh, that's to, pretty like, good. Put up on the Patreon because the thing is, is like. I think we really focused on material items <laughs> when we should have focused more on content. Yeah, just not even just because of getting y'all material items sucks, though it does. Uh, I don't think people listen to us because they want cool T-shirts. From what I can tell, all the people who hit us up for cool T-shirts, only one-fourth listen to the show. They just want, right. They're just T-shirt people. Uh-huh. I think the real-ass, real motherfuckers For the there, real ones out there. The real ones out there listening. Yeah. They are not. They, I mean, they want a, t- a, a t-shirt, but that's yeah. not that, for the that's support. Not the object for the of support the whole you're exercise. giving us. We need to give you some extra beyond. So some. one of the proposals that we had was to do a watch along where we would say, "Okay, start your Big Trouble in Little China DVD." That's true. Now. We could do that, we and then we that. would like record a commentary track. That's going to take a lot of research, though. Is it though? Because it, we could just record it like this, and then you just play the both at the same time. No, 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 no. I mean, in order to have something to say. Oh. So that people will want to hear what we're saying. Uh-huh. That's going to take research. Right. Okay, fine. First, we got to watch it and take our own notes so we're not going off the show. Sure. And then we got to add some color commentary that actually adds. Adds flavor. Yeah, that has some like some you know, type you know, of in this reason scene, for this being thing is going on. Or if you actually listen to the Escape from New York uh, commentary track sure. with John Carpenter and sure. Kurt Russell, it's just them smoking pot. And like talking about their kids' well, soccer games. Yeah, and stuff. but that's not I, that we would do that. No, but I'm this is just no, saying. No, no, no. I don't think you understand. If they have the option uh-huh. of listening to Kurt Russell and John Carpenter get weeded up on pot, <laughs> why the fuck they want to hear what we got to say? Because we're fucking awesome. Sure, sure, sure. But I there needs to be some. This can't be a total like I, we're I'm, just riffing. 
Yeah, okay. It's not like we're we're recording riff tracks here. <laughs> it's not That's like we're no, what's funny about that is riff tracks is even more work that I'm willing to do. Yeah. They no. actually really I don't know if you guys know that, but the good I was sent to a couple of riff tracks uh events before. And like when they did Sharknado and all that, yeah, I had to sit there and watch it. Why? Done live. Why? I don't know. You didn't have to. You chose. I did. To. No, I was I was elected to go, and I I went. What do you mean elected to go? It's when I was writing for someone else. Yeah, but that's again. You still have free. Yeah, We're, no, it's not like they, they weren't them. writing you a. Paycheck. I'm just saying though. I was. I agreed to it. You're right. You're right. Why am I arguing with you, Liam? You're right all the time. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> very not true. I am often wrong, but in this case, I am. Right. You are right in this case. Yeah, but I still went and I saw it happen live, and it was like. The douche chilliest like dad comedy, man. I, I, I still that have, was raw. I still you know a, what? I Fuck st- that Patreon. We're not doing this. This watch along. Nope. That wasn't having- even my. First of all, that wasn't even my idea. That's your idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um. I yeah. Okay. Let's just clarify right now. Whatever it is we watch, I don't think we're gonna be making fucking. That's what I. This is why I think we need to do research. Right. Because you don't want to be sitting there being like waka waka. No. I mean, you're wrong. There are plenty of things we could watch and do a track for and make fun of and be and be fine as funny, if not funnier, than some of those fuckers. There are a lot (laughs) of these like we'll make fun of the movie. Yeah. uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand success has predicated a million horrible copycats. Yeah. And they they really are the cave in. They really are the patient zero. Yeah. Of this insurrection of zombies. <laughs> Do you think this is true? This is a theory that was put out on another podcast. I wanted to get your take. All right. Cave in. Yeah. Until your heart stops. Such a good record. A, a near perfect record. Yeah. I would give Until Your Heart Stops and Beyond Hypothermia. Sure, sure, sure. But let's just focus on Until Your Heart Stops. Right. Near perfect metalcore record. Yes. Also, Patient Zero for everything that ruined yes. that music. I would give it to that and Botch We Are the Romans. See, I don't feel like anyone copies botch. I Who feel like everybody botch? copies botch. No. I would I would put money down that less than five bands that were popular had even heard botch. Wow. Really? I think you're thinking you of You know, you make I, me feel think, so out of touch with I think you're thinking of Norma Jean and the Chariot. Because oh. other than those bands, all the other bands had never even fucking heard botch. I don't think. Wow. I don't hear a lot of botch in those bands. What I hear is cave-ins. <laughs> I mean, they were also ripping off. I would say a lot of those bands actually were also ripping off like At The Gates. Yeah. It was like. At The Gates are so it cool. It was like, though. how do we take the melodic Nor- Norwegian-Swedish Norwegian shit yeah. and, then add a, and then add a breakdown? Right. That's all it yeah, was. Yeah, you know what? Gallop, 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 break down. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Don't be wrong. Until Your Heart Stops. Fucking, fucking great record. It's a brilliant record. It's an amazing record. It's a next level record. <laughs> all right. All right. Anyway, anyway sorry. Right. Keep going. Sorry. sorry. Sorry for the tangent there, y'all. Uh, okay. So what were we doing? Oh, I was thanking. Um, I was thanking the Patreon subscribers. So yeah. as we said, we got stuff coming up for you. We appreciate you. You're the best. That's that's basically all I have to say. Um, there's, also, there's it. Uh, I will say also thank you to new Patreon subscribers who actually like hit us up and say, "Hey, where's my shit?" Uh, <laughs> I mean, it takes a bit. You don't get stuff right away. It's not an immediate payout. Right, but, right, right. Um, sometimes folks just never say anything, and then I just don't know if you got stuff or not. If I owe you stuff, whatever, whatever. Um, uh, so that's good. Also, thank you to LVAC. LVAC. You're doing the uh, they're they're doing the let's hang out again with hers. Oh yeah, in October, dude, that shit is dope. What what is the date of that? 
Uh, the 19th? I think so. I, I don't know. I think it's the 19th. If only we had computers in our pockets. No, I don't know where mine is. I misplaced it. <laughs> I misplaced it. Right, right. right. Uh, look, I say this every time, but I don't want you to come to LVC. I don't want your business. <laughs> I don't want to do more. I don't want. I don't. I don't. I don't want to do more work. But if you need something screen printed, it's really <laughs> ridiculous that you would go somewhere else. Oh, on, man. on your end. On your end, as the customer, LVAC is the best. Granted, you have to ignore my pain to uh-huh. do it, uh-huh. but I uh-huh. think it's worth it. I think it's worth it for you to ignore the suffering <laughs> that you're causing me and to come in again. <laughs> October 19th. October 19th. 7 p.m. So you got a bunch of wrestlers. I would love to hype up the wrestlers. I don't know. I will say this. Uh, the, I was at the last one, mm-hmm. and one of the wrestlers there was this uh, Juan Coronado guy. He was fucking great. Hilarious. Yeah. He's a heel. I love him. Right. Um, I'm sure there's other new people. Oh, Orange Cassidy. Not a heel, but his whole gimmick is like he doesn't like to try. Like he <laughs> wants to wrestle, but he's kind of like more into how he looks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, gold. Gold. <laughs> Comedy gold. Huh? Gold. Uh, so they're going to be there. I'm sure there's other wrestlers who are also good. I don't know anything about wrestling. But then after the wrestling... They have bands playing. The Here's Collective. Yeah. I mean, also other bands, but the Here's Collective. Dude. Greatest band going right now. I mean, they're really good. That record is, re- if you haven't heard it yet. Yeah, you're fucking if you up like, if you haven't If you like the yet. screamy, screamy. If you like the power violence. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's so good. So big up to those guys, to, to those people. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's be careful there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But big up to them. To they. Big up to they. Uh, uh, much, yeah. much respect. And and uh, uh, also, if you like the poppiness. Right, Jenna's also has her, her Jenna and the pups. Yeah, Jenna and the pups, which I think on tour is just her, right? It's, it's not a band. It, yeah, it's her and a drum machine and the yeah. guitar. I, and it's uh, people love it. It's not my style of music. It's but inspired by MXPX she works and stuff like this. It's well, like uh, very poppy punk. She really tours her ass off between these two groups. Yeah, these yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. I say groups, but there's not a lot of people. Well, the touring the collective, but now. the touring here's thing does not tour. Does is not the it, full band. It's just. The her team. and Scott. Yeah. 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 It's cool. So, yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, okay. So, so. Uh, come out to that. Okay. So, what happens? There's this other thing we do. We had like a section or something, didn't we? Like a thing that happens typically at this part of the episode. What do we call it? Like a gimmick? Perhaps. No, uh, a, it's like a, a, char- a character? A no. column? What's a, a column? It's uh, a bit. A bit. Perhaps a bit. No. Oh, it's a segment. A segment called. It's called. Whacking on track. Harmonize. That was weird. That was good. I was into it. I liked it. I, I liked got it. Chub. So, so what's up, man? Whacker on track. You go first. Right. I've just elected you to go first, Liam. Well, so um, let me think about this. I think okay. It, it's just been a bit. Here's the thing, y'all. It's not just my normal. My life sucks, but uh, oh, it's also just been a bit since we recorded. We haven't recorded for a minute, so um, I think the thing I'm reaching back in my memory that's coming up, and I don't think I talk about it too much on horror business because I don't want to repeat things for people. Right, uh, Puff, Philadelphia Unnamed, Unnamed Film Festival. Festival. I just want to mention it because uh, it's not something we've ever covered before, but we should. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's all genre film. Yeah, so it's a genre film festival, uh, and I got a chance to meet one of the people who was running it, and mm-hmm. she seemed great. And 
I really wanted to cover the whole day, but stuff kept coming up, so I ended up only seeing two movies, so apologies. But you saw Witch in the Window? I did see The Witch in the Window. Uh, I also saw Rocksteady Rumble? Is that what it's oh. called? Rocksteady Rumble? Um, I think it's, I think that's what it's called, Rocksteady Rumble. Um, so the Rocksteady movie, I, talk, I talked about these movies a bit on Horror Business. Um, I just want to say, for those who don't listen to Horror Business, Rocksteady Rumble is like a futuristic, genre movie thing um mm-hmm. i didn't love it but i think the director has a lot of promise right i think it's a bit of a mess like not, not everything fits together really well mm-hmm. uh but there's a lot of style and i liked was it like uh like turbo kid or something like this this is the comparison i made but the difference is you know how with turbo kid none of the characters really make sense but it doesn't matter because you're just sort of moved forward by the ridiculousness of it yeah this is the same sort of the plot doesn't matter things mm. just happen yeah but it doesn't work right in the same way parts of it are still fun and there's a lot of homage to like yojimbo and oh, I, okay. I, I i think there's stuff in the movie that is reminiscent of three outlaw samurai oh that's what okay. it reminded me of maybe not i don't want to assume this this person's influences but that's what it reminded me of uh-huh. uh but it's in the future uh everyone has to go to college to get a job but colleges are lawless wastelands where <laughs> um, frats just freely murder people and steal bikes. Right. All the underground economy, uh, all the underground economy on campus is not drugs, which is what it is in real life. Yeah. yeah but yeah. bikes. So you go up to school, you have a bike. Right. The frat beats you up and steals your bike, and then they have a big bike sale where people come and you know try yeah, to get bikes. all their money for the bike. Right. And then there's murder and things and. It's it is very much like a Yojimbo story of uh-huh. a new person comes to town and tries to play the two frats off of each other or whatever. Right. And there's a bit of stuff in there that feels kind of half acidly about male female kind of like a Me Too movement thing. Um, just in the sense of like part of the story is that there aren't sororities, but the sororities are like underground, and then they kind of like rise up and fight for themselves and whatever. None of it really works. No. <laughs> it's amusing for parts of it. Right. But, but overall, if there was, it, it kind of is supposed to be so stylish and so fun that, that you, don't you don't notice, notice that the plot doesn't quite work. Yeah. But it doesn't get there. Oh, man. And if it had spent a little more time building the world and solidifying the story, I think it'd be a great, it'd actually be a great movie. Yeah. But because it doesn't do that, it wastes the performances, which are good. And it wastes what is actually a pretty good, like, style. There's a mm. style to it. Anyways. I'm well, talk about it too much. Tell me about this Philly Unnamed Film Festival, though. Like, are these movies for wide release, or are they going to be? So this feels. This is not your Fantastic Fest, right? Um, which, for those of you who don't know, Fantastic Fest is the like of, that's the premiere. Well, it's like the Draft House, right? It's it reminds me actually a little more of Fantasia, even though Fantasia gets some bigger movies. Mm-hmm. Fantasia also gets a lot of movies that maybe will only get released online or will only get. Blu-ray releases or whatever. Yeah. I don't know sort of what the market is like now. But these are films that, at least looking at the list, these aren't people you know. Okay. And they don't usually have stars you know. These are your sort of what is going on in kind of like B-genre cinema. Mm. A little bit of international, but not a hugely international. Some of the fests that have a lot of genre film tend to pull international because... Mm. There's still a lot out there that never makes it to this country, so it's right. a good. So it's, it's a actually good a it's a smart move because it's yeah. like, how do we show stuff that we're not fighting TIFF for, which is a much bigger festival. We're right, fighting right, Sundance, right. South by Southwest for you go to going the small going ones. international. Yeah. This one is not. This fest is not. I mean, but also 
just to give you guys a scale, it's a smaller, it all occurs in a theater that's like an acting theater. And they just yeah. put up a screen <laughs> and they set up a, a bunch of chairs. Digital. There's already chairs in there because it's a theater, but yeah. it's not like a movie theater, you know? Right, right, right. Um, right. So the scale is not, I mean, Fantastic Fest is like eight screens, wow. you know, millions of dollars. Yeah. This thing is like a pass for the weekend is like a hundred bucks, less than a hundred bucks, nice. something like that. I don't even know what it was, but um, the point is, is that even though I felt very skeptical of it at first, it's kind of Philly. It's kind of like, ra- you know, ragtag. Underdoggy kind of. Yeah. And it's a lot of movies that aren't going to play. I mean, one of our annoyances with the Philadelphia Film Festival mm. is that they cut out the lower genre films. Yeah. So any... Danger After Dark was the section. Yeah. and like Any horror movie now that's playing for the Philly Film Fest has a big push behind it. Yeah. You're, it, it, maybe not a major, maybe it's not a Hollywood movie, but no, but it'll be like it's not like it's the like way a, they had yeah other movies that they did after midnight. It's like an IFC midnight sort of thing. Yeah. Now. So you know, if I was gonna criticize at all the selection, it's only that I would have tried to go a little more international. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the money. I mean, part of what's going on here, right, is that you know. How much money do you have? Like, yeah, I think how this, much money can you put out to get the titles? Yeah, this thing was thing. This thing wasn't packed out. You mm-hmm. know, the, now I will say the witch in the window had a really good turnout, and that right. really made me happy. I don't know if they pushed that one more, or this guy's had other movies. Come I don't know out. anything about that movie, by the way. I just know that you so, and everybody was talking about it. Well, his movie, this guy who made the witch in the window, he did a movie called We Go On. That oh wait, the horror movie about yeah. the burn people is that the one? No, you're thinking of uh, we are We're still, still here. here. But we, we go on. I've seen well, Dan, your boys, Dan and Garrett. Right, shout out to uh, I like, I to like movie, to movie, movie movie. They fucking loved it. They ra- right. raved about it. We covered it in a horror business and and honestly took a shit on it. Really? We, we we were like <laughs> we were like this guy has potential. There's a lot of potential here. Yeah, but we felt like the plot didn't work. Right. Uh, the Witch in the Window is a much more pared down movie even if i think the production value is actually higher yeah it's it's the scope for me is a little more controlled and the plot a little is more, a little more focused yeah and i thought it was fucking awesome like right. really good like you don't need to know anything about this guy's other he made two other movies you don't uh-huh. need to worry about his other just if you get a chance and i i don't know what the release is i think it's like online maybe really so it's gonna i be don't like think a it's gonna be in theaters kinda? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. VOD maybe I don't know, but I would highly recommend checking it out. Which yeah. in the window? Okay. Um, so that's all I say. I mean, Puff was a good time. I don't know what it'll be like in the future. I got to be honest here. You know, part of my thing with covering Puff was sort of acknowledging what I've said in the past, which has been somewhat unflattering, but also admitting like, who am I? How do what do I know? I should yeah. be nice. And the woman who runs it has been really nice to me, and she wants us to cover it. I should just swallow my pride and cover it. We went, and I went and had a good time, and I thought we should definitely cover this more and try to like lift it up and whatever. And then she fucking left. Oh, why'd yeah. you leave? I don't want to blow up her spot. But right. Let's okay. just say it's the, she left. Fair enough. And I don't know this other person, <laughs> and I don't know if it's going to be any good. I'm not out. I'm not going to. You know, change my tune and say, oh, fuck Puff, because I don't yeah. know him like that. He might be great. Right, right, right. I don't right, know. Right. All I know is that I sort of turned a corner, but that corner was partly based on her personality and sort of how endearing she is as someone who, like, cares about what she's doing and is really passionate. So, yeah. uh, and I know she put in a lot of work to make it happen. So, how's it going to happen next year? I don't know. But here's what I'm going to say. 
when the schedule comes out next year, we're going to look at it. And, and if we want to go, we'll go. We're going to go and, and we'll, we're going to have a we'll good time. Cover. And I'll tell you what, yeah. I only got to see two movies, but for a Saturday, like going to stuff as a dad where I can't go to a lot of stuff anyway, right. it was totally worth it. Those were good movies. I'm yeah. glad I went. I'm you glad know, you went Even too. the one I didn't love, I'm glad yeah. I went. So that's one of my on tracks. On tracks. Um, as far as other on tracks, I was going to say, I said it before, I was just going to say Wine and Cheese Podcast is great. I'm really glad we have it. <laughs> Um, another on track thing is, um, you sent me a record, the Michelle and Deggio Cello record. No, we already talked about that. Oh, oh, the Midnight Hour. Oh, 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 oh. I've listened to that. It's so many good. Times it's sent so it good. Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Tell me, how did you find out about this? I don't know anything about this other than you sent it to me and said you're gonna like this. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, you know, I love Tribe Called Quest. Mm-hmm. And anything that Ali Shaheed Muhammad's doing, I'm going to follow. Sure. And that's literally the the the, the start and the stop of it. That it I is, found out that he was doing this new project. It is a journey, I would say, <sighs> so through good. black music. Yeah. It's R&B, and then it's kind of soul, and, and then it's, it's kind of funk. Hip, and then, yeah. yeah. It literally has parts where it sounds like a live band covering your favorite hip-hop beat. Yeah. It's so good, it's right? It's just so it's good. phenomenal. Yeah. I I'm 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 on board. I mean, yeah. yeah, dude, uh, hell yeah. Um, I really uh have to say that's mostly what I've been listening to. Yeah, I've been going back and trying to check out um some stuff I'm lesser familiar with. Partly thanks to Instagram podcast. If uh-huh. you like hardcore punk, Instagram podcast is a good podcast, and they've done a few episodes where they've covered stuff that I just didn't really know about. So I've been trying to check out some <laughs> things I'm a little bit unfamiliar with. I will say one thing. It's not out yet, but I've listened to the singles off of the Candy record, and I really like Oh, it. that band that played uh, This Is Hardcore and all that stuff. Yeah, they did This Is Hardcore. They've done a yeah. bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like the singles, so I'm hoping I'm going to like the record. It doesn't come out till Friday, so we'll see. But it's like one of the things I'm kind of stoked on right now. Cool. Uh, and then the other kind of good thing I did was something I think we were going to talk about we were both going to talk about Mm. and that's last night justin lore came over yeah as my as my horror buddy and we watched a little thing called mandy okay now when when, talk to me about where did you see mandy i saw it on vod oh you didn't get i didn't get to go to the screening at the riverview what did you think of mandy josh um it is a wild ride man it is a wild ride I mean, everyone wants to hype up Nick Cage in there for being sure. like the wild man that he sure. is, which is fine, and you would totally be correct to do so. Yeah, I love but Nick Cage. Despite that, or even with that, simultaneously with that, the movie is a crazy pants fever dream of a movie. It opens with a King Crimson song for crying out loud. I mean, here's here's the deal: the movie's right. crazy. The movie is considering how insane it gets. Right. It's actually a slow burn. The it first is. hour. Things are building up. Yeah, and you, but you're if, not really sure what's happening. But if you're bored for that buildup, even before Nick Cage has his moment where he shows up, <laughs> the, the scene, I will straight up say, for those of you who've seen it, um, we might get some spoilers on this, so sorry if you haven't seen it. <laughs> for those of you who've seen it, the moment in the bathroom. The underwear and the tiger shirt scene. When he's in the bathroom. Yeah. I literally turned to Justin and went, Hey, Justin, did you know Nicolas Cage is in this movie? Because <laughs> that's when he kind of shows up in his most Cage way. Now, I think actually his 
understated performance leading up to that moment is, kind is of also genius. good. Yeah, yeah really he's brilliant. actually really good. And yeah. she is, re- I mean, she is Mandy, so weird in Mandy this movie. is just as unsettling as the fucked up cultists who murder her. Yeah. Like she has her own thing going on, Dude, but it's she's like. She's got the one eye bigger than the other in some of the scenes. I don't know if they did that on purpose or if that's just how she she's looks. She's got this whole vibe, and you really get this feeling that she has her own thing going on. And there's this brilliant moment where i mean basically um you know mandy and nicholas cage's character live in the woods yeah they're they're kind of like 80s version of like woods people <laughs> and um there's this they like she wears motley crew t-shirts they're, you know. they're a metal couple they they're watch horror couple. movies yeah, like yeah, yeah, they yeah. do their thing and these these fucking coldest yeah they dude, drive by they this see, cult leader sees her see her walking on the street smoking a cigarette or walking yeah. on a trail yeah and decides that he has to have her. Yeah, and it, they go. They they first of all they get these these bikers who honestly I thought they were demons. Yeah, and then it's only later you find out that they might be human. But at first you're just like, okay, they like, they come What the demons, fuck is this? So yeah, this, this is guy a fucked looks up group like of people. Spike belt from a. And then they yeah. so they go and um, there's a scene where they've drugged Mandy. Right, and you get the feeling this is something they've done before. This is part of their sort of. They induction. put like an eyedropper of something in her eye and then sting her with a fucking bee. It's not even a bee. It's, it's a, like, like a, a big bug. It's a half can... foot long bug that lives in goo. Yeah, and it so stings brutal. her. I mean, it's obviously not real, but the point is, is that it stings her. Then this cult leader does this whole thing, and it's like this ridiculous <sighs> seduction, whatever. And there are moments before this yeah. where you can tell this movie has a sense of humor. There's right. a couple of lines from Nick Cage. Yeah, there's a couple a, of things here and there. Eric Estrada joke in there. Where where maybe you're not sure if you should be laughing. Right. But when he starts his seduction thing, oh my God. that is, on one hand, the most disturbing it's so part brutal. of the movie in some yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the other hand, the funniest as well. It's the most disturbing part of the movie in some ways in a movie wherein a woman gets set on fire in a sleeping bag. Yeah. But the, the thing is, is that even though it, it's one of the you, things that sucks about Mandy to me, right. it doesn't suck, but it's a downer, is it's another movie in which a woman has to go through violence yeah, for him for to get revenge. To happen. Yeah. But to be fair, the scene just before she's set on fire, which Where obviously. She's laughing at the dude. This uh, this guy goes through this long ass trippy seduction. Not power, only so one of the things move. that the dude is doing that the director Cosmos, uh, Pan what's his name? Oh, uh, uh, I, it was in my head until you tried to say it. Yeah, I know. I'm such uh, a dumb. Cosmatos is the last name. Cosmatos. Pa- Panos. Cosmatos. Panos. Cosmatos. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a thing where he was fading the dude's face while he's giving the seductive soliloquy to the girl. With Mandy's face, and she looks entranced. She yeah, looks it's like fucking wild. She has like a messed up eye, and then like they're switching back and forth. It's 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 hypnotic. He does but, this in in uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow also. By yeah, the way. and so the dude's in this kimono, and he's playing this weird folk shit. That he it's his record about. Well, that's a real. He just that's just a record people know. Really? When the movie came out, these people were like, oh, good. Now people will discover this great folk singer. Oh, wow. And I was like, fuck. Oh, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, who's going to hear that and not think about like weird? So anyways, what I keep trying to say, but Josh keeps interrupting. Because I have so much to say while you say No, things. no, no, no. We're going to switch to you. You're going to say everything you want to say in a second. <laughs> all I want to say is that that moment, though, because it, it all leads up to this crescendo, and he fucking reveals his naked-ass body and his little peen, and he's <laughs> just there like, 
you know, this is supposed to be a moment where she accepts accepts him as a source of power and virility. And she just fucking laughs. She starts she cracking loses up at it. Him. And like I get it. Like And he, it's like an angry laugh. Like it starts off like Oh no, like, she's destroying yeah, it. Dude. He gets so upset, he starts yelling at everyone to not fucking look at him and what so crying like, in a mirror. Oh, and so I get like, okay. Technically speaking, lighting her on fire means he, in a sense, wins. Like right. that that that's sort of the that's more final. But in another way, doesn't she win the moment she's laughing? Like <laughs> she his violence against Nick Cage and against her yeah. are not from his power, they're from his weakness. And I think in a sense, not that the movie's that deep or anything, it's just a ridiculous movie, but it is very much a movie about the vulnerability and weakness of this guy. Like yeah. that's why he's he's not a fucking leader because he's powerful. He's, it's because he's utterly broken yeah. and afraid. And like the portrayal of that, it makes him more scary when you realize how weak he is. Because yeah. that's why he's lashing out and that's why he's so violent and whatever. And so the moment where she laughs at him, I thought, oh yeah. <laughs> this is brutal. Fuck that guy. It's such a brutal scene too, man, because ugh and it's all in this weird red scale. Uh, my thought when I was watching the movie is um, there's the one scene where Nicolas Cage or Nick Cage drinks that weird gray shit from the jar. He doesn't drink it. He just licks it. He licks it. And then my thought was like, well, maybe this whole movie is just an acid thing, like some type of, you know, psychotropic drug effect. Uh-huh. And it's just Nick Cage standing in the middle of a kitchen with this jar of silver shit that he licked. I would, uh, I would 100% be with you on that, except for he's already done so much good old murder into that point <laughs> that yeah. like to make Dude, that, he, to make that a dream is irrelevant. It's too late. It, yeah. there would ha- he would have to have been more normal before that. But yeah. He's no, already he's definitely not lost normal it. Before that. And yeah. all the, all the acid does is just take it to another level. But like, dude, the le- the, the scene with the tiger, yeah. When he's talking, the guy with the weird overalls is talking to him with no shirt. It's like, yeah. Oh, it's so unnerving. Yeah. And it's, I've never done acid or mushrooms or anything like that, but I imagine that's probably what it's like. <laughs> well, if the lion tiger's okay, then it's good. Like that whole scene was so fucking weird, man. It was, oh, it was, I loved it. It was pretty good. I loved this movie. So, um, okay. One, yeah, the visuals. Yeah. It's insane. Like the, none of the lighting makes any sense. None. There's a bunch of like weird trippy um like re- repeated images. And, yeah, 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 yeah. It's very very weird. very very strange. Um so that's one thing. Two, the goddamn soundtrack. This I, I would go so far as to say the soundtrack alone is worth the money I paid to watch this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The fact that I also found it entertaining and weird and f- funny. And, and and I think that's part of the thing I haven't seen too many people talk about. There's a feeling that this is like, some people are portraying this movie, like a Miami Connection. Mm. Like I love Miami Connection. Yeah, but I love it for way different reasons. Yeah, some that. of the reasons Miami Connection is great is the things about it that are bad. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not afraid to say, like, I'm not saying I love a lot of movies that are, uh, like, I'm not necessarily saying, like, so bad it's good. It's something we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more like, it's charming. That In how honest to, it is. This movie is not that. No. This, this movie very knows you're yeah. laughing. It's, the in fact, and this is, I think, true of Beyond the Black Rainbow, too. Right. How can we make this funny, but also not funny? But I mean, also uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's really the moment when the cult leader guy is 
trying to seduce Mandy. Yeah. Is that it's utterly funny, but it's not funny. Yeah. And I think that's how the whole movie... I mean, come on. Nicolas Cage is about to fight a dude, and he's made this weapon. He has this whole weapon that's a stabber, axe, sword (laughs) With handles on it. He's made a whole fucking thing. And he's going to go fight this dude. He puts down the axe... So he can get the much more impressive, in his mind at the time, chainsaw. And he walks up to this dude. He's got the chainsaw. So what happens? Well, one, he can't start the fucking chainsaw. He never starts the chainsaw. Two, this dude, upon seeing Nick Cage with the chainsaw, simply pulls out a A much bigger chainsaw. Now, if you think, if you actually think that when he put that in the script and then they were filming it, that wasn't on purpose. Like, that's not a funny fucking thing. You're yeah, an idiot. You've never seen comedy. Like, how about the scene when he lights a cigarette off the severed head that's on fire? 100%. Are you fucking kidding me? Funny as hell. Yeah, dude. Genius. genius. And, 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 and I think that's the thing is that the movie has these gags in it that aren't jokes, but they're funny. And then it still manages to be weird and upsetting uh, and really hypnotic. Like, did you, I was did you very like this better than than Beyond the Black Rainbow or as much or I enjoyed this more than here's, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Here's, here's the deal. I haven't seen Beyond the Black Rainbow in five years. Right. I mean, or four four years. This is one of the reasons I didn't want like we thought about just doing a, a Panos Cosmatos episode. Yeah. And I realized like, yo, I haven't watched Black Beyond the Black Rainbow in so long. All I know about Beyond the Black Rainbow now is um a lot of red scale. It's weird. I like the visuals. I yeah. like his whole you can make another world through just weird camera effects. Yeah. I like that. I liked the sci-fi-ness of it. It, it kind of felt very... People are going to think this is weird because it's it's not a squishy movie. No. But it made me think of Cronenberg in the sense of like the weird science of scanners. Like the yeah. idea that there's this whole science community, whatever. But it's like a weird retro science. It's like 1980s yes. science. Yes. This sort so. of smush up of science and psychic weird shit. Yeah. Again, made me think of the brood. I just <laughs> have these Cronenberg associations, but uh, uh, comic books, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a whole bunch of references, but also that it's also funny that, uh, that beyond the black rainbow is stupid. If you're not willing to let it be funny. Yeah. It, again, it's you know, boring if you don't see the humor in it. Here's the thing. This is going to be a weird reference, right? Mm. But I just got to say it. This movie, Mandy, and Beyond the Black Rainbow. Uh-huh. You know what they make me think of? No. Gritty. Oh. The Philadelphia mascot for the Flyers, the new guy that got unveiled yesterday. <laughs> Here's the deal with Gritty for me. Right. I get that people love it. I get that people hate it. It's weird the people who hate it mm-hmm. and seem to think that the people who made Gritty don't realize that Gritty is an upsetting, <laughs> scary yeah. Muppet. Right, they're like they point it out in a way that's like, look, I fucking showed these fucking Philly idiot. Look, these Philadelphia Flyers idiots don't even realize they made a crazy looking Muppet. It's like no, they. You actually think they don't? In today's (laughs) world, I get, I get it. If you're looking back on shit from back in the day, sometimes it's hard to remember that people who lived a long time ago weren't, Uh, weren't stupid, right? And we treat them like they were stupid, and. Partly that makes sense because sometimes they made references to things that we now find funny. Yeah. Now it's also true that some of those people might have made those references on purpose and they knew that they were putting a vibe out that not yeah. everyone was picking up on. But with <laughs> in today's world, uh-huh. if someone 
puts this much time and energy into making a mascot that looks like a deranged Muppet, <laughs> guess what? They fucking know. Purpose, and yeah. then everything they've done, <laughs> the picture of him, like fucking Kim Kardashian with the... With, with the, the champagne. That on wasn't a meme that someone else made. Gritty put that out on the internet. <laughs> Gritty keeps doing weird things on the internet. And I'm supposed to believe that like your dunk on Gritty that is like so cool is more insightful than the thing itself. Yeah. It's not. Now, some of the ones that are very specifically Philly, like him in a Wawa parking lot asking for Lucy, that is that's a good one because yeah. that's like about Philly and it's about making it's, fun of us as a city. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. right there with you. But the ones that are just kind of like, man, they, they don't even realize this guy looks crazy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they like, do. We get it. Yeah, that's And the honestly, I'd rather have a scary monster Muppet who looks like he wants to eat your soul <laughs> more than like a cute bumblebee who's like, go get him, team. Yo, fuck your bumblebee. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, w- what would you rather have? A big smiling Indian, you fucking fucks? Like, God damn it. Like, to me, everything about how weird and fucked up Gritty is, is fun. Now, could I push it? Could all of us push it further than they're pushing it? Sure, sure, sure. Of course. And I'm fine with that. But the idea that, like, you're so smart because you've realized that That Gritty is a weird thing. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. In the same way, like, I'm I'm not trying to shit on anyone with... Mandy and, and Beyond the Black Rainbow. Who I've don't definitely w- seen a lot of pushback on Mandy. No, some people don't much. like it. And yeah. and, and uh, like sh- friend of the podcast, Sam Deegan, does, didn't like it. Didn't enjoy it. That's fine. I don't want to, I'm not shaming anyone who didn't enjoy the movie. But if you didn't, if you feel like you're smarter, like there are people who just feel like, look how stupid it is. Mm-hmm. They don't even realize how dumb it is. Like when Nick Cage lights his cigarette on the flaming skull. Yeah. And you're like, who, idiots? <laughs> Yeah, they know that that's ridiculous. Like, that <laughs> bums me out. But if you're like, yes, it's too, like, some of the criticism is that it's too winky. It's too self-aware. Mm-hmm. I get that. For me, it was the right amount of self-aware, and I actually love it. Yeah. But if you're bummed on that, no judgment. Yeah. I get it. You're just not going to enjoy the it's movie. It's not your thing. And yeah. that's, that's totally fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. Um, anyway. The funniest thing about this movie is that the director, uh, uh, what's his name? Cosmatos? Mm-hmm. His dad directed Tombstone in 93. Oh, I'm well aware. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Leviathan and Cobra. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Rambo First Blood Part 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's great. It's amazing. I and mean, this is what I his mean, kid does. Most of those movies are bad, but in a way that I really enjoy. Yeah, in a way that really resonates with me. That yeah. I truly have fun watching. Uh, and let's, come on. Actually, the best part about this fucking director is that everyone wants to talk about the fucking Cheddar Goblin. And he literally went, I don't know, it's just the Cheddar Goblin. I don't know. He just does it. And then literally he said to an interview, I don't know, let me just pretend the Cheddar Goblin is real, okay? That's what he said. And for real? Genius. Just let my man pretend the Cheddar Goblin is real. Also, if I get the Cheddar Goblin is weird and fun, but for some people they're like, Cheddar Goblin is the best part of the movie. What? No. Fuck you. Yeah, dude, if if that's the best part of the movie in a movie where Nick Cage makes a weird axe and fights people with it, then hey. I hope you're having a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. Dig it. I So we officially endorse Mandy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the sense of if you're going to go watch it and have fun with it, don't take it too seriously. And I just think, enjoy I the ride. It's a good time. Yeah. If you end up hating it, I get it. I'm sorry. But for, <laughs> for folks who for whom that just sounds like a good, fun time, I, that's... Go check Highly it out. recommend it. Uh, 
I've gone on for a while now. Hey, Josh. Yeah. I mean, we're catching up this episode. We yeah. haven't seen each other for a while, so I don't feel bad. No, I feel good. I, I'm afraid that it won't be entertaining to listen to, but you know what, man? You knew what you signed up for when you subscribed or rated or reviewed Cinepunks anyway. So. I mean, a lot of people just like <laughs> the Wacken on Tracks more anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> so let's just keep going. Yeah. So um, one of my on tracks is this. Uh, these past couple weeks have been a celebration of Ingmar Bergman at the Lightbox uh, Film Center. I wanted and to go to every one of these, and dude, I couldn't go to a single one. I did I my best to, to go to as it. many as I could. Um, they started with The Seventh Seal, and then they did uh, they did a bunch of movies. They did the trilogy, and that was where I, I saw... That's what I saw. Like I didn't have a lot of time to do as much of the, of the Centennial as I could. But um, for those who don't know, Liam and I both love Bergman. You, I, I mean, we love Bergman. Yeah. So I saw... I haven't seen anything yet I didn't think was good. I haven't seen anything yet that I didn't think was at least insightful to a degree that right. it felt like it was speaking directly so to So what me. did you... Well, let's do this. What did you see that you hadn't seen before? I'd never seen Winter Light. Oh, uh, what'd you think? I didn't realize how closely um, First Reformed was to that movie. Yeah. Did you know that? I had heard the comparison, but I haven't seen First Reformed yet. Oh, you haven't seen First Reformed yet? Okay. Bro, I don't no, get don't, to watch don't say movies. No just, shh. I don't get to just watch movies. Just let it be. I'll just okay. let it be. Okay. Just let it be. Um, yeah, it is very close to First Reformed in a way that I wasn't at all expecting. But it is, uh, so it was part of the trilogy of his spirituality. So it starts with Through Glass Darkly. Love that movie. And then it was A Winter Light and then yep. The Silence. And The Silence I'd never seen before. I still have never seen The Silence. Holy shit, what a movie. It's yeah. insane. Really? Because it's one of those movies where you're not sure. There's like a, there are two ladies that are on a trip and one of the ladies has a son and you don't know if they're partners or you don't know if they're sisters or what, but then they're, they're both very different from each other and they're like mad at each other. And then the whole movie is supposed to be the silence of God. That was the original working title. So the movie is essentially wordless. It's like a two hour like black and white movie of not talking that much. I mean, there is talking and there's stuff that like conversation does move the plot along and all that stuff. But overall, the movie is just showing this weird juxtaposition between like the physical and the spiritual. And these two ladies represent each of those like polarities. You know what I mean? And um, it was very thought provoking because like you realize from which his perspective of religion and how he works through this. Cause um for those who don't know, Ingmar Bergman's dad was like a priest in Sweden who was like a consulate to the queen. So like he had this very like profound religious uh, upbringing, but his dad was also like very cruel to him and like very like mean. So he has all these like things that he has to kind of work out and like hash out between like this definition of religion and then this definition of his father as a religious figure, but also as his father. So these three movies through Glass Darkly, Winter, uh, winter light and uh, the silence. These are his. This is his way of working through those issues, and it was very interesting to see, especially when you consider he always uh, he always puts a character in his movies. It seems that relate to the viewer, and that's typically the character that is an artist or a writer or like something like this. And um, you see it in all three of these movies. I don't know. It's fucking awesome to see though, and see on big screen. And I love the Lightbox Center anyway. So. So I managed to see that. I also saw The Magician, Max von Sydow and The Magician. Have you seen that? No. Oh, man. What a movie. This is yeah. really crazy. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like he, it, Max von Sydow plays this magician who rolls into town with his troop. And then like you find out that they're like criminals and they're like on the lam. 
but like you don't know why and then like the police catch them and they're like well we need to see your performance and so they have to do this performance for the for the police it's just a wild story but um yeah it's again another like deeply seated meditation on the role of the creator and like the role of art in society i, I thought it was very good it, it opens with them finding like this uh half dead actor who's like a drunk and they pick him up and they put him in this carriage and then i don't know it's pretty great movie if you haven't seen it it's it's definitely one of those uh more thought-provoking ones i really enjoyed it again because i love bergman i mean the thing is is like for me at least part of the reason i wanted to go to this thing is because i'm like bummed how much bergman i hadn't seen there's so much though there's so much between from the seventh seal to uh scenes from was it scenes from marriage with him yeah like or autumn sonata which is in color there's so much content between there. You know what I mean? There's so yeah. much in there. And all of it is like, none of it seems to me to be incidental. All of it is very purposeful. And I guess that's also part of what I love about Bergman, that he thinks about these things as he's as he's working through his personal things. You know what I mean? Like, he, he his movies don't seem incidental. I don't know how else to say that. The art is coming from somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, oh, it's so good. Uh, so I'm glad you liked Winter Light. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I feel so bad because it's a trilogy. Yeah. And I still haven't seen the third part of the trilogy. You I've, have to I've, see it, though. It's I've so seen Through a Glass Darkly a couple times. Yeah. I've seen Winter Light a couple times. I still haven't seen The Silence. Mm. And I just need to do it and and, and complete my journey. <laughs> complete your journey through Bergman's spirituality. What else? What else have you um, done? I, or seen? You, you go to see everything. So I do since, my best to see as much as I can. Since we last recorded, yeah. you have to have seen a shitload of stuff. I did see a few things. I saw... The Nun. What did you think of the Nun? No, I, let's just go ahead and say. It was awful. Let's just go ahead and say that uh, fellow punk, fellow cinepunk, uh-huh. Justin Lore is on record as saying it's not that bad. To that I say. Simultaneously, we have a full episode of The Mandate in which I believe John Wren uh, took an actual dump on this movie. <laughs> so those are sort of the extremes I've been presented with. How do you feel about the movie? Ultimate nonsense. <laughs> So you didn't, I, like, you didn't like it. Uh, it looks like it's colored with a black crayon. It's so right, dark. Right. It's essentially the scene in Exorcist Three, and you know the one I'm talking about mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. But that scene's good. I know, but for an hour and a half, no. That scene for the one, uh, the half minute that it happens is genius, and it's one of the fucking scariest scenes in any horror movie. Hey, let's take a brief detour. Right. As you know, go ahead. Big up to uh, Rob Scavarla, friend of the show. Uh, regular writer Rob Scavarla, he wrote a piece, controversial piece about Exorcist Two, Exorcist Two, the Heretic that got picked up. Uh, well, it got you know quoted on the Heretic Two Blu-ray. Now, yeah, part, part, part of me su- suspects that this was the only positive review of Heretic <laughs> Two of Exorcist Two they could find on the internet, and that's why it got picked up. No offense, Rob, but it brought up this conversation because Rob was like. That's his favorite one because he thinks it's the weirdest and most yeah, interesting. Yeah, it takes the most chances. So then Justin was Justin Lore was upset about this. Again, no offense to Rob, but he thinks it's terrible. So he then started talking about his favorite one, which Exorcist is Exorcist Three. three. Yeah. So that just led me to say to you, you we've got three Exorcist movies. Right. These are the three we're gonna think, we're gonna acknowledge as canon. I don't want to talk about the TV show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm really not interested in the Redux. Right. Let's just say these three movies. They did a redux of The Exorcist. Yeah, man, with all the new fo- that—that's where the spider walk. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, the new recut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 
Let's forget about that. Let's just focus right. on the theatrical. One, two, three. How do you rank them? Uh, one, three, two. I think I have to agree. Yeah. I mean, that's the most boring. I, you know, I wish I had some cool. Uh, yeah, I wish I had some other insightful kind of thing. But, dude, number one's number one because number one. But, but number you, two has George C. Scott. Do you, Are you fucking kidding me? But do you or number hate, three? I mean, do you hate two though? Like a lot I of don't people hate fucking it. hate it. It's weird for sure. Some people love it though. It's jarring in a way that's entertaining to me. But I mean, if you just want to see The Exorcist one again, we can do that. <laughs> you but know what I'm saying? But it's like, also nothing like The Exorcist one. Yeah, it is. It is. I will, I, but that's what people's complaint is, right? To which I say, if you really just want to watch The Exorcist one again, you can do that. Right, right, right. I don't know. It's the same way people that complain about Halloween 3. It's like, dude, come on. If you just want to watch Halloween, oh, we could do that. But the comparison is going to make Justin jump out a window. So yeah. I just want to acknowledge <laughs> that. He, if Justin, if you could still hear me, I want to acknowledge that you just jumped out a window. Um, Justin doesn't listen to Cinepunks. He does. The only Justin is Justin Harlan. But anyway. Well, just it, let's let's establish two things. One, Justin Lord just jumped out a window. <laughs> two, whatever Justin Harlan thinks is the wrong thing. So just don't even tell us, because if for some reason we agree, I just don't want to know. Uh, and then, oh, and then the third thing is this: I really do think Halloween Three is an underrated great movie. I mean, I know it's, it's got, lovely movie. It's got I love a, it it's so gotten much. a reappraisal, so maybe it's yeah. overrated now. But for a long time, it was an underrated movie yeah. for how great it is. I don't think you can make that argument for The Exorcist 2. Yeah. I think it's fun, and I get why people love it. I think for a lot of people, the original Exorcist is overly serious. <sighs> and if you don't, if you don't think possession is scary, yeah, then it's kind of a just yeah. Of just try to yeah. imagine that you know, if if nothing that happens in The Exorcist is for you a source of fear. Then and you're like, what the fuck is this dumb movie where this girl yeah. just does crazy shit? It's like, oh, it's a grandma in the subway. Like, to be fair, the, uh, the people who say that are insane to me. <laughs> and the only actual <laughs> criticism worth reading of The Exorcist yeah. is James Baldwin's criticism, which is that only white people would imagine a devil that needs to fuck with some little girl <laughs> to be the devil. Like, you know who's the devil? Cops. That's the devil. You don't need... So, the devil doesn't need to, like, just bum out some uh, family. And, and, and honestly, Freakin didn't intend this, but I think the book is a little more... This girl is suffering because her dad... Her dad. Her mom is, like, an act, a, a, a immoral actress. Like, that's really what's going on in this movie. Right, it's a morality play. Yeah, and it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. And uh, what I think is hilarious is that for James Baldwin's like, man, all these sins you white people done done, and <laughs> she got to feel bad because she's, you know, a, a modern woman. Like, I'm not saying she's a great mom or anything, but come on, there's so many other reasons for you to feel bad. This is not the one. Right, right Anyways, right. and then, it, you know, the end is just whatever. Anyways, point is... <laughs> I think that's a really great critique. It doesn't change the fact that The Exorcist destroyed me as a kid. Yeah, and, and I still love it. Still it still fucks with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so good. You know, the well, Nun, on the other hand, did not fuck with me at all. Okay, so I had a bad. hard time getting through it, for sure. There were moments when uh, I was sitting there <laughs> with Scully, and uh, I think I I saw it with Ren, didn't I? I think you were at that screening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just it's rough, man. Yeah, it's rough. There's like some funny bits in there that are fun. Sure. But that shouldn't be your selling point for your... And, like, the acting is really bad in it. Yeah. Holy Moses. Yeah. Yeah. That was awful. So that was not on... That was not on track. That was whack. Wizak. Um, another on-track thing that I did was I saw Lost Balloons at... Uh, uh, do you know Lost Balloons at all? Do you know that band? 
No. It is the guy from... I literally thought... I. Not only do I not know that band, I was like, what movie is that? He <laughs> <laughs> thought I saw actual Lost Balloons. Like some kid's like, did you see my balloons? I'm like, yeah, they're Lost No, like I just that. thought it was some other movie I didn't know. You're, you're no, at the I House all the time or something. It's the dude from um, The Markman. It's his band, oh, okay. his new band that's like uh, but more. Not, but not Radioactivity. Not Radioactivity, okay. but it's like poppy like that. It's It's got uh, some dude from Japan's in it with him. And apparently they'd want to do a band forever. And now they did. And it's it's exactly what you would imagine if... The Markman had a bit of a Japanese edge to it, uh, like a Japanese pop edge. Okay, I can kind of see super that. duper good. Sure, 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 sure. So I got to see them at uh, Everybody Hits, and uh, that that was really fun. And um, let me think, what else have we done? I saw The Predator twice. Okay, oh, wait a minute. You were one of the people who said The Predator was bad. Yes. So why did you see it again? Because Eva wanted to see it. And did it get any better on second view? No. If anything, it was worse on second view. So I was, Some people really love it. I was one of these people that was stoked to see it. Me too. But too many people who I trust really took a shit on it. Yeah. And in, a, in my current economy of I can't go to a lot of movies anyway. Yeah. And uh, th- <sighs> You don't need to see it on the big screen. I, I, That's you know, for sure. This isn't this this is not a podcast about our personal lives, but I will just say enough to say things have been super stressful lately, y'all. And so I've had to cancel. I've had two weekends in a row where I had to cancel all my weekend plans because we right. had so much shit going on. And like, the predator wasn't going to make it in. I mean, mm, dude, nor should it. Me and me and uh, Ren saw it. Yeah, and uh, man, it was. I mean, okay, so there's all like the weird bummer about uh, Shane Black and his yeah. I mean, we we talked about this a little bit on our business, but I, I think we should reiterate reiterate on here too. Look, you I, sh- I, I I'm I I think this is not as com- a lot of people are making this super complicated. Right. This is not that complicated. No, it's real simple. Yo 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 yo. You want to hire someone who's on a list? You have to tell people that that's they're it. on the list. Period. Yeah. Regardless of anything else you think about this person, whether he's your best friend. Or you don't know him. That's the requirement, and there's no way around that. Now, if the story was Shane Black informed everyone before they got to set that he had hired this dude who's on a list, but this is why he thought it was okay, and then one of them freaked out, then maybe we have a nuanced conversation about whether this guy gets a second chance. But that's not what happened. What happened is he fucking didn't tell anybody. And then they found out. Yeah. fucked up. Yeah. There's a kid in the movie. And he was already on a set with a 14-year-old girl yeah. when he was on the set for the nice guys. What that doesn't fuck? work. Yeah. And, th- and that's the thing. Like, I, I think everyone, people are either trying to be real cut and dry about it or they're trying to be like, this is complicated and the guy this and whatever, whatever. And like, no. yo, yo, yo. It's not that complicated In a different situation, my man is a, a applying for a normalized job because here's the deal. Don't tell me this is the only job this guy could get is being in movies. Yeah, come there's on, a lot please. of other jobs. Yeah, but let's say uh, the, our man is applying for a normal job so where, he's he, applying where it, he, like, he won't you know. interact with children at all. Right, and someone freaks out. Then we can get into the fact that like, well, he didn't technically do. You know, he sent inappropriate emails. Right. So it's like, you know, it's hard to say he can't be a cashier, right? Because he sent right, inappropriate right, emails. Right, right. But to say. Maybe he shouldn't be on a set with a young woman the same age as the person that he, you yeah, know, was a predator like towards. That he's doing like weird same thing in the movie. And even then, like, we don't even yeah. have to get into all that complicated shit. The simple fact of the matter is they didn't tell anyone. So yeah. you didn't tell anyone. So now you're in trouble. And 
you know, I love Shane Black. I will defend Shane Black on lots of things. What I won't defend is his inability to truly apologize. Like he, right. he just couldn't get to an actual apology or inability to really recognize the fact that this is a grievous like thing. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. It's it's not okay. And 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 again, I I, I will completely acknowledge that were other circumstances different, maybe we could have a nuanced conversation because I do think we as a country don't know what to do with these people. Yeah. Um, I think if you've actually physically hurt someone, then as long as jails are still a thing, you should be in jail. Like that's just, you know, I'm not convinced jail should be a thing, but then we can have a conversation. But right now, that's a thing. You're one of the people who should maybe be in jail. Yeah. But I get that like, okay, well, this guy, he didn't hurt anyone. He sent some emails, whatever, whatever. None of that matters. Yeah. He's on a list. You're on the list. That's what it is. You're obligated. And it's a workplace safety issue. He put people in danger. Now, Maybe they weren't in danger, but that's that again. It it's should not, be a thing that they be at least informed about. He doesn't get to determine. Shane Black doesn't get to say, "Look, guys, it's I, be I know this guy, so none of you need to." They yeah. need to be able to make their own decision, and yeah. if you don't agree with the decision they make, like everyone knows, and someone says, "I don't want to do this movie because he's here," then you can make your decision about that. Personally, I wouldn't judge anyone who made that no, decision. Not at all. But that's a different conversation. And what it really bums me out is that. People who I think have a lot of compassion mm-hmm. for victims and people who've been through this thing. Well, I'm all for people who have compassion for victims. Yeah. There are also people who have compassion for perpetrators. Right. And they're like, well, this guy needs to have a life. Let's not confuse being in the nice guys with, with having a life. He could do anything. He could buy groceries for Shane Black. And I wouldn't, if someone was like, you know, Shane, the guy who cleans Shane Black's toilets, he sent inappropriate emails to a 14 year old girl, I'd be like, that's Shane Black's business. I don't. Yeah. That's not my life, and I, I'm. I feel more than comfortable with that. This situation is: why does he get to have one of basically the best jobs in the world, <laughs> and no one gets to know yeah. the shit he's done? Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's considering because the reality is, if this was, we both know this, working with some of the populations we worked with. Yeah. If this was a African American homeless man, it would be way different story. Yeah, he could way different story. There's a dude I worked with who, when he was high, peed on a playground. And, and where he was at, that. he yeah. got listed for that. There were no kids on the playground. No children were present. But because it's a protected area, my man got listed. That dude can't get a fucking cashier job in this state. Yeah. And this other guy gets to be in the nice guys? Fuck you. Yeah, that's fucked Fuck up, Fuck you. Like, that's, that's not... Up. It's. Th- th- I can't say that this didn't taint my perception of Predator either, of the Predator. I you know I, I really wish I could say like oh well you know uh, I got to separate the art from the artist but I really couldn't. But let's just say and this: if I do think that's fine for you to say that, I think though if the movie was fucking amazing, you'd say, "Well, the movie's great, but it sucks that I have to deal with this other thing." Yeah. But you also thought the movie was bad. The movie is bad. Yeah. So there's uh, the dude. There's characters that get killed where you're like, "Wait a minute, this dude's in this entire movie and he just gets killed like this." Like, I had to Google, like, did that guy die? Because he's not at the end. And, like, <sighs> I love Sterling K. Brown. I yeah. love, um, no, nah, actually, that's about it. I love Sterling K. Brown. I think he's awesome. <laughs> oh, I like, uh, I like, what's his name? Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah. I hate, okay, so one of the main uh, central themes of the movie is that sure. the kid from The Room, whose name I don't know, yeah. has autism. He's From, from Room, not The Room. Right, from Room. Sorry. Distinction to be made. Yeah. He has autism and uh, he's on, he got Asperger's. Yo, can we stop doing the magical autism? Yo, dude, first it of is all, so fucked. First of all, 
we it's been ruled Asperger's is not a thing. Everyone has <laughs> autism. Here's the thing. And there are varieties of autisms. They use it as a reason that he can read like the predator god, keyboards I, and stuff. Oh my god, I'm so It's so frustrating. Yo, uh, further than this. Wait, so just, let me just say this. Nor nor people who are neurologically different. Right. Whatever that whatever that is. Uh-huh. All the love and respect in the world. Right. And I get that for some people they feel like these characters give life and give visibility to a population so on and so forth. But that is not true. It's not. It's I, I think objectively you can argue saying that everyone who is uh, neurologically different yeah. also is magic is not helping anyone. Because Dude. the reality is there are folks who ha- are just as human, who deserve just as much respect and love and whatever it is else you think that these folks desire, who aren't going to be solving any math problems. Yeah, who aren't going to be, you know. They're just different, and that's okay. Oh and they God. don't have to fucking commute. Like, okay, we've seen they're great doctors. They could talk to aliens. They commune with evil spirits. Dude. They, you know what I mean? Like, everything that we want someone to have that's, like, extra human yeah. is now been attributed to people who have autism. Dude, and it's insane. It's, it's not okay. It's insane. Yeah, it's like the, the whole Ben Affleck autistic murderer guy, whatever, assassin that he played. That it's movie like, was fucked up too? Dude, I just don't get it. And like, so the other thing, even beyond this, is that the group of men that help our guy destroy this predator thing or whatever, he gets on like a bus because he, he tells the people like he saw an alien and then they put him on this like loony right, bin, right, right, right? Right, right, right. So everybody has like these character traits of like, you know, oh yeah, well he was a pyromaniac and this guy over here, he's got Tourette's and it's just like, dude, these mental illnesses as character things. Yeah. You're not and that's another one. Like, there's actually also a wide variety of ways that Tourette's manifests itself. So the fact that every character with Tourette's just yells curses is is so offensive. fucking lame. It's just dumb. and it's like and dude, it's just it was just all the notes that it, it went for it hit, but super inappropriate. So Predator is bad. I didn't enjoy it for those reasons. I mean, again, there's like Predator dogs that are cool in there i guess oh you like the predator dogs? that's fine okay i mean like it got annoying after a bit but like it's sure. fine and um the super predator is like 11 feet tall it's pretty cool have you seen anything that was good have i seen anything that i enjoyed uh yeah i mean we talked about mandy but i, I just feel like a lot of stuff you saw was <laughs> bad i saw juliet naked how's that, that? Movie, uh it's uh, a movie from it's from a book by um what's his name that guy who uh nick hornby and uh, it's got a. It's actually really funny. Uh, what do you What are your thoughts on Ethan Hawke? Are you an Ethan Hawke fan? Love Ethan Hawke. I definitely think it's funny that he was like the '90s. Like my my history with Ethan Hawke was from sure. like Reality Bites, where he's like singing the Violent Femme song, and he's like yeah. got, he's like this weird edgy dude. And in this movie, he's still that guy. Uh, and it makes me wonder if he's done a lot of other stuff though. No, but this character in this movie is the story is that this uh, Rose Byrne is married to. Um, Chris O'Dowd and Chris O'Dowd is this rabid fan of the singer and the singer is played by Ethan Hawke but Ethan Hawke uh, the singer guy what's his name Uh, Crow Tucker Crow he goes missing and no one knows where he is he puts out this record called Juliet and uh, it's like an opus to his like ex-girlfriend and all this uh, well so you think and then he disappears like such a fraught record and so Chris O'Dowd plays this dude who's like obsessed and has like forums and all yeah, this stuff yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's this entire community of people devoted to this one record and then one day he gets a record 
from the record label a burn CD of just demos of this record that had never been heard before. Sure. So and he goes crazy on it. And he's like writing all this stuff on this message board and all this stuff. And Rose Byrne feels jealous because, you know, she's just more concerned with this dude. And so she writes on the message board like, this is a terrible record. And um, turns out that Tucker Crow, Ethan Hawke, sees her thing and writes to her. And he's like, you're absolutely correct. This is terrible. And he like pops out of hiding. And you realize that he's like a shitty person. He has children all over the world that like he's like a terrible dad to and all this stuff. And then he goes to visit her and then like all hijinks ensue. It's a very Nick Hornby movie for sure. sure. It's yeah. very like, you know, pluckish. He's and got his thing. He's yeah. got his like, oh, there's music in my life. It's really pluckish, like British, whatever. And it's, it's all that. But um, it's a very entertaining rom-com to a degree. I don't know. It didn't feel very rom commy, but I, I'm assuming it kind of was. I, I mean, like that's kind of. Do rom coms even exist anymore? I guess I don't know, man. It's all this like you know. She has a kid. It's, it's Ethan Hawke. The funny thing is, when we did see it, they also had a trailer for a movie called Blaze that he had directed. Have you heard about this movie? No. It's about Blaze Foley. Do you know who that is? No. He's like a country singer, like a maligned country singer. Like he's pretty, like weird figure if you listen to his records from like the 70s you hear him playing his guitar and singing these songs but you hear his kid like crying and stuff in the background and you can tell that it's like a very haggard kind of thing he's but he's one of those really poetic singers and it's beautiful music so apparently he did a movie about that which i haven't seen it which it's called blaze it's out now i really want to see it but um yeah juliet naked it was fine it was a good time i like rose byrne i like chris o'dowd a lot actually sure and uh ethan hawk i'm coming around on guy's got a future maybe yeah, he's doing good. He's all right. <laughs> he's okay. I uh, I did see. Um, I watched. So we have a regular column on Cinepunks mm. that I think a lot of people don't notice because we always have a lot of people who say they're going to write for it and then they don't yeah. do it. That's me. Yeah, you're one of those people. <laughs> uh, this is a column called Wrecked, and the idea of Wrecked is that it's uh, recommendations from one of the staff, mm-hmm. and then other people in the staff pick one of the recommendations to write about but then they might like it or they might hate it or whatever, yeah. whatever. So we've done a bunch and I don't think they get a lot of traction because we don't do enough for anyone to notice that it's part of a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the latest was um, uh, recommendations uh, and for me, uh, I picked a little movie called The Ninth Configuration. Oh, right. Starring Herschel from The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. And a bunch of, I mean, fucking <laughs> so many people. In this That's movie. the one about the soldiers, right? Yeah. Well, it's according to William Peter Blatty, it's the sequel to <laughs> The Exorcist, <laughs> right. um, which is a weird sort of uh, sort of uh, theme, I guess, going on in my life already. Anyways, um, this I, I OK. So let me just say this recommendation came from Trey uh, Lawson, who's mm-hmm. on Twitter, and he writes for us sometimes. And he's really great. And um, I don't know what he what he likes about it, but I thought it was a really great movie. I think there's some things I want to say about it, not unrelated to that James Baldwin piece about mm. The Exorcist, because <laughs> the movie is, in the end, <laughs> William Peter Blatty making a kind of roundabout argument for human goodness. You know, yeah. the ninth configuration is I don't forget I forget what it's in actually, but it's one of these scientific arguments for God, sort of saying the exact configuration of amino acids to create life uh whatever whatever it's you know it's it's basically this guy is making an argument to one of the inmates right so uh in the movie a dude shows up 
at this experimental mental facility for mm, soldiers. soldiers. And the theory is that everyone there might be faking to get out of war. Right. And there's a guy there who's the one guy there who's not a soldier. He's an astronaut. And he just freaked out and didn't want to go to space. And so they're having a conversation. And this guy kind of is, he doesn't want to go to space. He doesn't, but part of it is he doesn't believe in God. And this guy's sort of saying, like, well, and one, one of his arguments is that, you know, this ninth configuration that to get this exact configuration of amino acids is so impossible that it's, you know, mm. more likely that there's a God, which you don't have to be a philosophy major to know that that's stupid. <laughs> um, it's just not, it's not actually compelling. <laughs> Nothing about it is compelling. And the movie then proceeds to get really complicated. Uh, that uh, Is Jürgen Prock now in this movie? Oh, I don't know. Uh, but, you know... Um, Oh, t- Tim, uh, no. Oh, uh, yeah, Tim Curry's in it. No. No. Uh, Someone crazy's in this movie. No, that I was like, holy you, shit. You're killing me right now. You're welcome. Because it's on the tip of my tongue and you keep right. just pushing it out of the way. <laughs> Night of the Creeps. Oh, um, Tom Atkins? Tom Atkins is in the movie. A young Tom Atkins is nice. in the movie. Nice. Um, other people. I should be looking at the list. I'm an idiot. It's fine. It's fine. The point is, is that it, as compelling and actually really great as the movie is, has a weird mix of genres. There's parts that are scare that are like actually frightening. Yeah. And there's parts that are just like a almost feel like an exploitation movie. There's a fight in a bar uh, in which Stacy Keach basically Stacy Keach, dude, <laughs> Stacy Keach is this fucking movie. Stacy Keach fucking single handedly <laughs> destroys a biker gang. <laughs> um, the original name <laughs> of this movie was actually like. Uh, Something, something, Killer Kane or something wow. like that. Uh, and I, I think they changed it because it, it kind of gives away the big. Reveal. I don't want to ruin this. You don't want to. I'm in a weird spot because the movie hinges on a reveal that I saw coming, so I don't feel like I'm going to spoil it for you. Mm. But the reality is, I could spoil it for you if for some reason you don't see it coming. Right. So suffice it to say, uh, Stacy Keach is not what he appears to be. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, uh, but he's not the only, like, fucking uh, Joe Spinell as Lieutenant Spinell. Ah, Joe, Joe, yeah. S- Joe Spinell, who is in Taxi Driver, <laughs> and he was a killer <laughs> and maniac, and um, he's just great. He's fucking great. Yeah. So apparently Joe Spinell was friends. So one of the guys in this movie is um, the guy from The Exorcist who plays the young priest. Plays Father Karras, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're friends. And so he just showed up on set and was just like, I want to be in this movie. And William <laughs> Peter Blatty was like, all right, that's fine. Let's do it. He, sh- he literally was just like, all right, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and so he just literally, that's why Joe Spinell's character's name is Spinell. Nice. And he just plays. So uh, the guy from The Exorcist, I should, I see them there, but I don't remember what mm-hmm. it is. Uh, his character is, he's trying to recreate all of Shakespeare's works, uh, casting dogs. So dogs have to play all the roles. And Joe Spinell is just a guy who's basically his production assistant. So he's just sort of walking <laughs> around getting around yelled at. He's like, what? This what? sounds genius. This sounds like something I really have to see. Literally, now. he's like, how am I supposed to do Julius Caesar with a whatever kind of dog it is with a lisp? And Spinell's like, yes, you fucking hell. Like, he's so <laughs> mad about it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very talky movie. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that relies a lot on witty, Bantering. very fast dialogue yeah until it doesn't and then it has this ridiculous so i actually think the denu the the climax of the movie is fucking great Mm -hmm. then it has this extended denouement Mm -hmm. and the final note of the movie is so goddamn stupid 
<laughs> that you're that just like, what the fuck? It almost ruins the whole movie, uh, but for me, it doesn't. Right. Because I expected it to do this, because I know what kind of annoying Catholic William Peter Blatty is. Ah. Uh, and that's what it, the movie is, is, you know, this you know this kind, of, on his this kind of Catholicism. Yeah. Let me tell you about this Catholicism. You know what I'm talking about. This 60s Catholicism that's like, look... You start with humanity, and everything is messy and dirty and bloody, and yeah. everything is rough and whatever. And then, but as Jesus, long as you, yeah. as long as you end with that note about Jesus, it's all <laughs> okay. It's Jesus. all it's all justified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever shit happened before doesn't matter because the last note of the story is fucking it's Jesus. Like the prayer. But yeah, the reality yeah, yeah. is, some of the shit that happened to lead us to the Jesus point was too fucked up to let go. Actually, William, <laughs> and it's not okay. <laughs> And so the fact is, this is a movie about Vietnam that is very much not about Vietnam. Right. It's about Jesus. Well, yeah. It's about sacrifice. The um. last thing anyone needs to be thinking about when it comes to Viet fucking Nam <laughs> is the need for sacrifice. You, yeah. You fucking asshole. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't make this not a brilliant movie. Right, It's actually right, right. a great movie. And I think, I don't think it's his first movie he directed, but it's, a, the, it's the one of the first ones he directed. Yeah. And he, he's great. And I, if they hadn't make him, sh- if they hadn't made him shove all that Exorcist shit into Exorcist Three mm-hmm. and just have it be a movie of Legion, right? I think that would have been actually pretty um, brilliant. Yeah, I think it would have been better maybe than the first Exorcist because the Legion stuff is really good and he's a good director. But the Patrick Ewing's in there, yeah. But the fucking reality <laughs> is that <laughs> the theological notes of the Ninth Configuration, which I'd love to ignore, but I can't because <laughs> he, you're you because he has that fucking note at the end. He forces it in my fucking face oh, with the man. Movie. Billy Billy Blatty what are you doing to me what are anyways you doing? it's still worth watching yeah, I, I get I'll on a high it. horse about it and I'm gonna get on a high horse about it in my write up if I ever get it done <laughs> but it's still worth watching fair enough fair enough uh, so I guess we could probably wrap up soon but yeah. was there anything else um, we wanted to talk about before uh, sorry guys this is just like a catch up John with us I mean you know yeah we had a plan give me, give me, through. Give me some updates about Cross keys and cross your life keys. With cross keys, because that's uh, how people can purchase. All the shit I have updates on don't involve you. <laughs> uh, you, I mean, the listener, not Josh. They, right, right, right. Everything right, involves right. Josh. <laughs> uh, cross keys has been pummeling along. We just played a show with Pears, the band from New Orleans, and with the Lamplighters. We also played uh, at the Tusk on South Street, and both shows are pretty good. Cool. We have Mr. Dave Wagon shoots on drums now. Yeah. And he was in, for those who don't know, he was in a lot of seminal bands that Liam and I have grown up loving. Literally grown up loving from Ink and Dagger. Ink and Dagger, Lifetime, uh, Paint of Black, None Were Black, uh, <laughs> um, Kid Dynamite, um, Good Riddance. You know, he's in all these bands. And now he's in my band. And uh, I can't lie, uh, there are points where it's a little bit intimidating. Uh, yeah. But it's pretty awesome too because uh, he's psyched. So I'm psyched. So we're all psyched. Everyone's psyched. So um, I think I think your band too is a good vibe. You think so? Yeah, it's cool people. You guys seem like you're having fun. We are having a lot of fun. It's yeah. really really interesting. I think that matters. I I really think the pro- the only thing that's probably keeping you from like getting quite to where it could be is like there isn't a huge scene for what you're doing right no. now. No, and everybody has, is old. Yeah, <laughs> the oldest member of our band's forty-eight. The average age is forty-one. Yeah, it's pretty good. But uh, it's also a group of friends that I really love hanging out with and making music with. And yeah, it's a true joy. I can't sing these songs without smiling, even though the I mean, subject I, matter I, might be a little bit darker than you know other stuff that I've done. I mean, I, I I want us to push it on here too. I feel like a lot of our listeners probably lean more the melodic stuff that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe. Like, yeah, I'm putting yelly stuff on the, on the 
on the things as like kind of a tester for you, uh-huh. the listener, to like fuck with you. Yeah. But I know a lot of you like uh, like the poppy stuff. Forty something bar pop punk is kind of hey, what you're doing right now. It's a thing we I all mean, like Dillinger Four here. I wouldn't. It's even, fine. Yeah, I was gonna say I, it's not even <laughs> pop punk really. You've really moved over more into the beard core, yeah. but with upbeat vocals instead of it's more of like vocals. a weird jawbreakery yeah. thing going on, which is know. what you want. Like that's yeah. not like a knock. That's like no. what you're going for. That's what I like. You yeah. know. So yeah. hey, so that's going on. Um, and it's been awesome. We're we're actually taking a little hiatus from shows for a minute to record our new record. Which okay. I'm how's really that, pumped how's that on. Feel? Uh, it's good. Just I feel very uh, creatively um, fleshed out. If that makes any sense, I feel like I'm doing exactly what I should be doing right now, and it's a very good and comforting feeling. So, so that's coming up, and uh, I'm also playing a solo show. I'm opening the Sunstroke record release show, which the show is Sunstroke and Anxious uh, Tantrum from New Jersey, The Dividing Line, and then Moa. So, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be weird. October 14th at Creep Records. And other than that, that's all I got. Oh, and Aspect Ratio, my other band with my friend Carly. Yeah, are you guys playing any shows? Nothing yet, but we're writing right now, and we're going to be recording very soon as well. So more music coming your way, listener. Um, Stay tuned. I should take a second, because he always does it on our show, and I never do it on this show. I I should take a second and hype up Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Yep, because Tilly's the best. He fucking forces me. To talk about Cinepunks on that show. <laughs> and I never want to. Not because I don't love Cinepunks, but just because I'm not convinced that a lot of people who listen to his show would care. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think, uh, just out of respect, I should ask people to listen to that show. Yeah, it's, it's very much show. It's very much Doug's show. I'm sort of like the co-host on it. Mm-hmm. But I just, I like him as a host. I just think he's got his own style or whatever. I think he's a very our, personal character. Well, and I think our laid back style is more <clears throat> my vibe. Yeah. So I'm kind of just along for the ride with him because he's very like, <laughs> you know, but uh, I dig that. Like, that's cool that that's who he is and that's what he's about. So, yeah. um, and he actually edits. And oh. I, we, we don't, I don't like editing. I know, but we got an editor now. I so. know, Jacob, you're saving my life. Jacob, you're the best. <sighs> I mean, I'm, I assume, unless you just screwed all this up, then, then you're not. <laughs> um, don't fuck it up, Jacob. Jesus, Jacob, come on. <laughs> uh, let me think if there's anything else I need to. Well, so coming up. Uh, for Cinepunks is Cineween. Cineween. So if you want to write anything about any horror-related business, you're more than welcome to join us. Yeah, and I would say beyond even just at this point, because by the time this goes up, it might already be October. <laughs> um, just check them out. Like, I not everyone who listens to the show reads the website. Right. I think a lot of people check us out over iTunes, and they don't even know like that there's, there's other things going yeah. on the website. Um, to be fair, I also know there are people who read the website who don't listen to the podcast, so <laughs> it's a two-way street. It's but, a double-edged sword. But I would definitely um, like there to be more crossover, so check that out. Uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what you're thinking. And also give us feedback on... on um, not only just this episode, but on the shows in general, uh, and also uh, what sorts of things, if you're a Patreon supporter, or you're even if you're thinking of becoming a Patreon supporter, what sort of extra content you'd like to hear. Yeah. Uh, we have this um, Josh's idea of the watch along. Sort of watch along. We also have uh, some music roundtable ideas we're thinking mm. of doing, just talking about some new music and stuff. And I think, you know, we could even do hot hot takes, hot topics. What's a burning <laughs> what's a burning thing you want to hear us yap our stupid gums about? <laughs> we we'd love to do that. And and it's an opportunity to have guests. Here's reality. With Cinepunks, we're really getting to the point where we're only gonna have people on who we actually think you want to talk about movies. Yeah. If you just want to come on because you think it's funny. That's not fucking. It's fun. not going to fly for no. us anymore. No. But the reality is, Patreon content 
come on and be an asshole. I don't care. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, it'll be it's good. Be hilarious. It's just fun <laughs> hangout time. Um, so uh, you know, get get in touch with us about that if there's something that you think should be on that that old that good old Patreon. Yeah, here's here's the thing. We we fancy ourselves a movie critique um, podcast mainly, but yeah, basically we do have a lot of punk ideal, and part of that is participation in the art that we create. Yes. So yes. we're asking you in the same way that we're asked to take the microphones and sing at shows that we care about. Sing along. Lend your voice. We're we're here for you, and we need you. I like that. That was very compelling. It's the truth, man. We should probably end on that note. Okay, then. <laughs> hey, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Download, download, download. Buy a, buy a fucking T-shirt. Yeah, man. Uh, tell a friend. You know what? The next time you're hanging out with somebody who doesn't know about us, grab their phone and, and force subscribe them to the <laughs> to the podcast. Well, what's the worst that could happen? They just unsubscribe later? That's yeah. Fine. What's the worst that could happen? They hear about the ninth configuration. <laughs> they hear about movies that they yeah, don't care about. It's good. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, thanks for being awesome. Uh, I don't know that we always say it as much as we should, but we actually really do appreciate all of you. We really do. And here's the thing, man. I, I don't know about you, Liam, but I definitely have these moments. Like, as you know, I do, do create a lot of things, and Cinepunks is definitely one of my main creative outlets sure sure i always get down on myself about like man what the fuck am i doing no all the time in fact someone today was saying something nice about cinepunks and i was yeah. like oh really like are you <laughs> really and they were like yeah man and i was like oh the vibe i get is like i don't know like what we're doing is stupid and a waste of time i get that all the time and, man and, and, and this with dude, everything though and this dude was like no that's not true yo whoever that dude is thank you yeah. and thank you to everyone who's listening seriously it means a lot and uh, yeah. you know we don't we don't pay, get paid for this or anything like that. Maybe eventually we will. Yeah. But this is still one of the greatest currencies that I have in my life. Yeah. I mean, as as it stands right now, we get enough on Patreon to cover costs, and then like you know, I might have twenty bucks here and there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also thank you to Cammy. Oh yeah. Yo, Cammy, big up. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. <sighs> Well, I'm not we able to we, do this we, without we, you. We can't really say why, but it's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, That's it. Thanks, yeah. everybody who's a part of the team. Thanks, everyone who listens. And we'll talk to you again soon. And we promise the next episode we have a topic. Yeah. It won't just be us rambling like idiots. Although, we'll try to do some ramble episodes, too. Right. I know some people like those. So <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll work one in every few months. Yeah. We'll just consume a lot of coffee and then just turn the mics on, and that'll be it. So Yeah, it's great. It's kind of what happened just now. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Later. Bye. Smoke bomb.